Welcome to the Social Work Your Life podcast with me, Kim Beam. I am an educator, a creative writer, a social worker, a cancer survivor, and so much more. My life experiences, my gut and intuition, they have guided me throughout my journey so far. We are going to navigate this roller coaster of our lives together, finding practical ways to cope. Join me as we learn to trust our intuition and find our joy. Let's jump into today's episode. Good morning and welcome to Social Work Your Life. So when I was in graduate school, they would be like, self-care, self-care, so important, self-care, self-care. And I was like, mm, self-care? What's what's that? Because when I was a teacher, nobody talked about self-care. Like self-care was not a thing. And let me tell you, the burnout rate on teachers might be just as high as it is on social workers. Like, mm, it's a tough job. It's a really tough job. And I mean, there's statistics out there that like teachers only teach 20% of the time and discipline 80% of the time. And that really depends on how you set up your classroom. And there's this book, Teachers Out There in the World. Um, No joke. It's called Harry Wong's First Day of School. And I read that as I was just starting out teaching. And I have to tell you, it really made me think a lot about what I do and how I do it and why and set up some really good systems. So discipline wasn't that big a deal for me. Until I got into like tougher schools. So when I was in classes for social work, they would talk about self-care. And I want to like broaden that out a bit and make it into more self-love. Because in a lot of ways, we are really harsh on ourselves. When we look in the mirror, we find the flaws. When we look at our behaviors during the day, we don't compliment Correction, we sometimes compliment ourselves on the good things we did or the things that went well. But most of the time, we spend a majority of our time being really hard on ourselves and like being really challenging and being really kind of mean to ourselves about everything, about what we've said, what we've done, how we dressed, what somebody said that gave us like somebody who gave us tough feedback and how we internalize that. And that's what we remember. People could tell us we're amazing. We're amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. You're wonderful. I appreciate this. I appreciate this. I appreciate this. And the one person is like, "Mm, I didn't like that. That's the thing that sticks. Mm, I didn't like that. That I didn't like that voice becomes the person that like you internalize and all the great stuff just sort of falls off and like slides right off. But the thing that sticks in and like jars in is like, Mm, I didn't like that. And then and then you're like, you define yourself by the I didn't like that person. Opposed to the people who are like, you're fabulous and you're amazing and you're wonderful. And the truth is, you are fabulous and you are amazing and you are wonderful. You are doing the best that you can with what you've been given. Every one of us is doing the best that we can with what we've been given. What we've been taught, where we are, the experiences we've had, all of them have shaped us into who we are right now. And that's kind of amazing and also kind of, well, and sometimes it could be a little bit challenging. So during the pandemic, I decided that I was going to show myself a little bit of self-love. And every time I went to the grocery store, because I would go to the grocery store, not just for me, but for my mom and for my mom's best friend, because they were my um, vulnerable population and I was taking care of them. And I was working in a hospital at the time. So like... I was dealing with people who were super sick and all the time. And I was working on the COVID floor. So if anybody's been exposed, probably the social worker running around the COVID floor. So I, um, I did all the grocery shopping and 
one night I looked at the roses and I was like, those were absolutely beautiful. And so in a way to show myself love, I started bringing home a dozen roses every other week. And every other week I would pick them up and I would bring them home and I would run them over water and I would cut the stems and I would put them in a vase. And then I bought a couple of really pretty like containers of really a couple of really pretty vases that I liked one kind of fun and funny and one like elegant and I would put the flowers on the kitchen table and then I started buying them every week so I would have one that was like on the way out and one that was on the way in and I would rotate them and it it made me feel good and so I spent a lot of time also like in meditation and I spent a lot of time taking hot baths because what else was anybody doing? I was, I was going to work and coming home and then, right. Sometimes I wasn't even going to work. There was a while there where I was just home working from home. And then I would go into work the next week because we flip flop weeks that the social workers were in house, um, to try to cut down on exposure. So now that the pandemic is I don't know if it's over, right? Now that we're coming out of it, we're waking up, we're figuring out our lives on the other side of what was shut down. Um, I've talked about this a couple of times already, and this is only the third episode. I uh, I do WildFit. I am a WildFit uh, alumni, and I um, think a lot about food and what is actually food and what is not actually food and what my body can process and my body can't process and what helps my body and what doesn't help my body, which means I have spent a lot of time in the kitchen. I sometimes spend hours in my kitchen and I, I have other things to be doing with my life. I don't want to be spending all my time in the kitchen. This is not where I want to be, but I have found that if I spend my time like chopping up vegetables and like cleaning potatoes, like sweet potatoes though, not white potatoes, never a white potato, just a sweet potato, chopping up sweet potatoes or chopping up um, broccoli or making salads for myself for lunch or baking the chicken that goes on the salads. I have, or roasting the almonds, I spend a lot of time roasting almonds and making almond milk, which is why I got myself an almond cow. Go ahead and look into that. That was amazing. Probably one of the best purchases ever for somebody who's decided to make their own almond milk. So I, um, I have spent a lot of time being physically present for myself in the kitchen, baking and cooking and learning new recipes and finding new recipes and Oh, sometimes craving a cookie. Like, there's no belief in I, I haven't found a cookie recipe yet. I'm hopeful, though. I'll keep you posted. So, all of that being stated, I found that when I spent more time in the kitchen preparing food for myself and uh, showing, you know, spending weekends making soup in the stock pot and spending hours literally chopping vegetables to put in the stock pot, stock pot soup, um, I found that the flowers weren't necessary anymore because I was showing myself love in a very practical way, which was being in the kitchen. Now I have to say this is not practical for most people, right? It's not even practical for me. I don't have time like this to be spending in the kitchen every night, sometimes two to three hours, like to make dinner and then to make the lunch and then to like get things ready for the next day. No, I don't have time for this. And so I've, I've become more aware of and have brought in some hacks, right? There are some, 
some hacks that I have brought in that have made things a lot easier and a lot better. And if you want, you can reach out to me and say, what are your life hacks? And I will tell you what I have done to make things easier. One of those things being an almond cow. And I make the joke that the day I bought the almond cow, I bought myself time. I'm like, I no longer have to spend time with a cheesecloth draining and squeezing almond pulp. I can just stick it in the almond cow and the almond cow gets it done in 10 minutes, five minutes, very quickly with cleanup, maybe seven. So all that to be stated, what does self-love and self-care look for you? I've brought you through my journey, right? Like flowers and baths and journaling or journaling came back in during, I was away for five weeks on a mostly silent retreat. And, um, I turned off my phone and I just like steeped in the wilderness that was the Poconos at the Himalayan Institute. And it was fabulous. I had a fabulous time, um, being away for five weeks and not talking to pretty much anybody. Um, but in that time away comes, oh, I started journaling again, which in a silent retreat, you're not really supposed to journal and you're not really supposed to read, but like. I made the silent retreat. It was mine to make. It was mine to have. I could do whatever I wanted. Nobody was standing over me going, these are the imposed rules of mindfulness-based stress reduction, and you have to do it this way. I was like, nope, I'm going to do it the way I want. So I journaled, and the journaling practice came back and made me feel really good, and I was like, I need to keep this up when I get back into my real life. So the reason I fall out of journaling is because I start judging the thoughts on the page. And I'm like, you're better than this. You can do better than this. And then I stop journaling because I'm being mean to me. But when I just accept myself for where I am, for who I am, and the journal is just a reflection of where I am in this moment, well, it feels really good to like get some of that brain stuff out and onto a paper and you no longer have to carry it around inside your head. That feels really good. So I've started journaling again and I take baths and I sit and I meditate and I, I don't know what else I do. I'll think about it. If I add anything else, I'll let you know. Oh, I spend time in the kitchen. I spend time making myself food that my body appreciates. My body feels really good. My bones feel strong and my inner belly that used to feel heavy feels light. It's kind of remarkable. I have energy and I, I just feel good. I feel good. So I eat what, what serves me and I try to avoid what doesn't. And then um, that's, those, are, those are my things that I do for my own self-care. And so let's talk about, a little bit about what makes you feel good. So I want you to spend a couple of minutes, like as I'm talking right now, to kind of zone out on me. And I want you to focus in on you. And when you get quiet for just a moment, because we don't do that very often, what are things that you really love doing for yourself? It's not like you're thinking of anybody else when you do them. You just do them because they bring you joy. You don't do them for any other reason than your own pleasure. It could be gardening. It could be baking. It could be taking a run. It could be going to the gym. It could be swimming. It could be going down to the beach. It could be going into the mountains. It could be going for a hike. What are the things that you do for yourself that just make you feel grounded and better? 
I have a friend who calls himself on the uh, Zen for Teens meditation app photos when he when he sends me some I, I'm allowed to post them under the name Sir Bilbo. So Sir Bilbo goes into the woods once a week. He travels up into the woods. He camps overnight. Sometimes he leaves on Saturday night at like 11 o'clock at night and he like night hikes into the woods, sets up camp in the dark, way late at night. And then he's there all day Sunday. He wakes up in the woods on Sunday and he just spends the day in the woods all day Sunday. And sometimes he comes back early Monday morning and sometimes he comes back late Sunday night. And while he's there, he takes time to talk to trees and he like gives them a hug. And he like finds his center in the woods. And this is what he does to make him feel, feel better and to be able to do the rest of the week. When I was teaching, I didn't have these techniques. I had journaling and um, this was when I was still sort of a, as I'd like to say, I had a fundamentalist stick up my ass. Um, and so I would pray or I would go to church or I would be on a prayer group or I would be on the healing team or I would be giving people prophetic messages. Um, but I don't know that I've ever had peace the way that I now have peace in my life. And getting my bum on the cushion to meditate is definitely something I have to do regularly. It's not, it's not a game and it's not like me being cute. I really need to spend time on the cushion. And sometimes that means I need to let other stuff go. And sometimes that means I have to like prioritize me. And sometimes it means I'm on the cushion at 1030 at night and I'm sort of falling asleep while I do it because I need to be there. That's that's a space I need to be in. I know that and I need to carve that time out. So what are some things that are for you, just for you, that make you feel good and grounded and whole and satisfied? And only you can answer that. I'm going to give you a couple more seconds to think. And while you're thinking, I want you to also ask yourself, how do I carve a little bit of time out for this thing that's important to me? And the first thought might be, I can't. But let that thought move away and see if anything else surfaces. Self-love and self-care is really important. And it is something to make a priority. And it is a grounding technique that can bring in a whole host of difference. If I had known about self-love and self-care while I was teaching, I might have stayed a teacher. I may, I may have. What is it that you need in this moment to feel a little better? And sometimes we don't know the answer to that. So I'm just going to, if you're not driving, right, if you're driving while listening to this, don't fully do this exercise. But if you are in a space where you can, I'm going to ask you to, if you feel comfortable and you feel safe, I'm going to invite you to close your eyes, but you don't have to. Meditation doesn't mean you have to close your eyes, right? However, it is sometimes easier to turn inward with your eyes are closed. So go ahead and 
Close your eyes for just a moment. Take a breath or two. Recenter for just a second. Allow your breath to be the thing that you feel the most and that you notice the most and that you put your brain on the most because your brain might be really loud in this moment. So if you can't quiet your brain down, just notice your breath. And now I'm going to ask, what do you need? What do you need in this moment to feel whole and to feel grounded? And the very first thing that popped in your head, you might have argued with it. You might have dismissed it. You might have been like, I'm not listening to that. When I did this before the silent retreat, when I did this before, when I do this occasionally, sometimes the answer I get is just sleep. I just need sleep. I need to get myself to bed earlier. I need more sleep. So what is it that you need? And if you didn't hear anything, go ahead and let's try it again real quick. Maybe you'll get something else new. Go ahead, close your eyes. Notice your breath. Feel your breath inside your body. And what do you need? And then if you um, are a believer of some religion, you can ask your version of God, how do I bring that in? So for me, where I'm sort of a atheist Buddhist I'm not really an atheist, maybe an agnostic at this point. I'm not really sure. But like wherever I happen to be, I just sort of ask my inner being sense, what do, like, how do I bring this in? And sometimes an answer comes. And sometimes I look around for the rest of my day for the answer. I know that the answer will come, but it may not come from the thoughts in my head or a gut sense or from my heart knowing it may come from somebody walking into my office or walking into my space and saying, hey, I was like reading this thing or I was thinking about this thing. And then that thing answers the question or you're listening to the radio and a line from a song seems to really resonate or and it falls into place. Right. The answers don't always come in this moment, but they come if you're looking for them. And so I invite you to look for what it is you need, and how do you bring that in. And I thank you so much for being here with me today. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. I know you have a ton of options out there, and I am grateful for you being here with me. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or post it on social media. If you have a topic or question you would like me to go over, connect with me on socialworkyourlife.com. Don't forget to subscribe and I'll talk to you soon.